Gospel of John, the Gospel of John, that first chapter beginning with the first verse going through the 14th verses. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was, in the, he was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of all men, the same light that shineth in darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might be saved. He himself was not the light, but he came as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to everyone who comes into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to, which, to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. This key verse, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Just for the few minutes that are mine, I would like to just speak about the word that became flesh. The word that became flesh. This is one of uh, one of my fa one of my favorite verses. Uh, the verses that we see here between 1, John, the first chapter, first verse, all the way through the 19th verses. But these four words in this 14th verse, some of the most profound and terrifying, some of the most beautiful words that leave us speechless and with awe and wonder. These four words, the word became flesh. Remember who the word is. It states, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. All things were made by him, and without him nothing was made that was made. The word, then, that was in the beginning with God is God, and this word that was God became flesh and dwelt among us. <laughs> Let me go back and say that again. This word that was with God, that was with God, was the same word that became flesh and dwelt among us. This word that was with God, God was, that was with, I mean the word that was with God was God. So there were two Gods, but then there was only one God. This word that was with God was God. There are two, but there are one. But then we find that not only are there two, but there are three 
and they are one. And anyone who begins to tell you that they understand everything about the Trinity, run from them as fast as you can. Just accept it with faith and move on. For how can we as finite beings understand the infinite? How can we as only worms understand that which is beyond us? The word became flesh. Why? If God is God, why would God, who is God, become a mere man? Since being young, growing up at White Rock Baptist Church and going out to Tally Ho Baptist Church as well as Jones Grove Baptist Church, all the way to this point and all the way this, to this time, I have wondered why would God become a mere man? And I've come up to one conclusion that I could, that, that, that I could, I can grab onto, one conclusion that makes sense to me. And that conclusion is that Jesus is all of the God that I could take. Jesus is all of the God that you and I could take. I love to go to the ocean. Love to go and sit on the beach. And each time I go there, it is so very relaxing and so awe-inspiring. The beach, the the steady hum of the waves can almost hypnotize you. And I love to get in the water. But the beach and that part of the ocean is just a part of the ocean. I like to go to the Atlantic Ocean. And the Atlantic Ocean is, they say, the second largest ocean of the world's oceans. It, uh, it, it has 400, I mean 41, almost 41 million mil, 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 millimeters. It covers 20% of the Earth's surface and about 29% of its water uh, surface area. The, the, the depth of this ocean is phenomenal. Over almost 12,000 feet deep in some places and in other places 27,000 feet deep. There's all kinds of life in the ocean. Plants, ocean, animals, fish, sharks, all of this, why am I saying all of this? I'm saying this because I can take the beach, but I cannot handle the whole of the ocean. That part of the water, that part of the beach that I stand on, I can handle, I can deal with, I can enjoy, but all of the ocean I can't take all of the ocean. I, I, cannot, I cannot phantom. Jesus is the beach that I can take. Jesus is the beach that you and I can take. We can't take the vastness of God, but we can take Jesus that says, Come unto me all ye who labor and are heavy laden. We, we can't take the same God that stood on space and said, let there be light. But I can take that part of God that says that I must be born again. 
Why should I even care about the fact that the word became flesh in this Christmas season? When we find ourselves in a global pandemic which has infected millions of people and those who have recovered may, may never be the same. Some, though they are recovered, have recovered, are still feeling the effects of this disease months later and has literally claimed the lives of over 300,000 people in the United States of America. Why should we care about God becoming flesh when there are millions of people out of work because of this pandemic, some standing in food lines for the first time in their lives, others being evicted out of their homes, and still others exposed uh, themselves to the virus by walking the streets where they had no place to go and no place to live. Why should we care about the God or this word becoming flesh when we have a Congress that is dedicated to giving the rich tax cuts and sitting on their hands when millions of people need sustenance to survive? Why should we care about the God becoming flesh when the church of God, who is supposed to follow the religion of Jesus that says through Micah, the sixth chapter, seventh and eighth verses, what is good religion? To do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. And yet, what does the church do? The church does injustice. They hate mercy, and they walk arrogantly toward our God. Why should we care about God becoming flesh? Because this God comes to the church of America. This God comes to America itself and says, I hate out of Amos. I hate, I despise your feast days. I do not savor your sacred assemblies. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them, nor will I regard your fatted peace offerings. Take away from me the noise of your songs, for I will not hear the melody of your string instruments, but just let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. God will come, and every mountain shall be brought low, and every valley shall be made plain, and rough places shall be made plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed to all flesh. Why would the word become flesh? Because from our perspective, that's all of the God that we can take. Why would the word become flesh? Not only that, because God wanted to have fellowship with humankind. And I'm sure you would ask the question, why wouldn't God just speak to man? God would tell you, been there, done that. God did something in ancient days which has struck a chord in humanity from the time he did it around 1440 B.C. till at least the 20th century. And even to this various day, this various day, this, this day. Come with me as we look and see when God freed the slaves from Egypt. He pulled the, the slaves out of Egypt with a mighty, mighty hand. 
And he went, carried him to Mount Sinai, and Moses led him there, and, and, and he began to, to teach them the Ten Commandments. After the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20 18, we see that after he spoke the Ten Commandments, that the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke. They trembled in fear. They stayed at a distance from God and they said to Moses, you speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Even when I was growing up, when there was thunder, when there was lightning, grandma and granddaddy and my mother would say, turn off everything. Come in the front room and sit down and listen because God is trying to tell us something. God speaks and men and women tremble even when we see those ethereal beings that come from, from, from the heavenly realm and come to this place called uh, the three dimensions of earth, called earth. When they come out of that realm and come and speak, the first two words they have to say, fear not. But who's afraid of a baby? Who's afraid of a man named Jesus who came to love us, who came to cherish us? So God comes to have fellowship with humanity. So he comes as a baby. He comes as a, a Jewish peasant. One who is dominated by the Roman, uh, by, by the Roman, by, by the Romans themselves. He comes so that we can talk to him and he could talk to us. Why would the word become flesh? I tell you, not only so that he could have fellowship with us, not only because that's all the God that we can take. But he came also to walk in our shoes. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the 15th verse says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. I have a friend. And this friend uh, was, was a great a, a good person, a great friend of mine. He was a minister, and his wife died, and he just couldn't get over it. He couldn't get over it. He went through all of the five levels of grief. He went through denial. He went through anger. He went through bargaining. He went through depression. He went through acceptance. I don't know if he ever got to acceptance. But this brother never did anything half-hearted. So when he was going through all of these various stages of grief, he was all in. But he came to me one day and he told me, he said, Brother, you understand 
because you lost your first wife also. And I told him, yes, I understand. And, and so because we had something that we had shared, a shared experience, then I could minister here to him and he could feel comfortable coming to me. Come on now. Don't you get tired sometimes of people who never raised chick nor child telling you how to raise your children? Don't you get tired of someone who has never had to face an operation telling you that it's going to be all right, you're going to be all right, but they have never had to go under the knife themselves? The, the point I am trying to make is that since Jesus came, since God, since this word became flesh and dwelt among us, it means that I can go to Jesus and Jesus will understand each and everything that I'm going through. All of the ups, all of the downs, all of the joys, all of the sadness. God comes to us and lets us know that he understands. Why would the word become flesh? Jesus is all of the God that I can take. He wants fellowship with us. And he wants to walk in our shoes. But he also wants to save that which is lost. The Bible study team and I have been on a quest for the last five weeks. We've been able to answer the question, what does God want? It continues from the time of Adam through the time of Noah and into Abraham, Moses, and Jesus Christ. And we find out that Jesus, that God wants us to reflect his image to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And we, as a Bible class, has, have looked at these, this, 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 this that what God wants and looked at the three rebellions that took place. We've looked at Adam and Eve. We've looked at humanity as, as a whole, how they rebelled. We looked at the 200 angels, how they rebelled. We looked as, at humanity as a whole, how they rebelled by building the Tower of Babel. And we see how after each rebellion, God kept coming back to plan A, be fruitful be, be, and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. But now he comes to this rim to reverse the sin of Adam and Eve, to reverse the angel class, the sin of the angel class called the watchers and humanity who built the tower. He is tried through the children of Abraham. He is tried through Moses and the prophets. He's tried through the laws. He's tried through begging. He's tried through threats. Now God's son has come. He's put on the mantle of human flesh and he is born, lived a sinless life, and is going to be sacrificed. In the fullness of time, Sarah McLaughlin said, Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. 
Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The word became flesh. That word that was infinite became finite. That word that was incorruptible became corruptible. That word that was immortality was immortal became mortal. That word that was in eternal became tangible. Tangible. That word that was eternal became temporary. All power that that word had became vulnerable. Oh yes. It's a joy to the world as Brother Harris played. Yes, it's a joy to the world. But God came for you and God came for me. Because quite frankly, Jesus is all of the God that we can handle. Amen. Amen and amen.